It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who are the top NFL Draft prospects for the 2024 NFL Draft? We're breaking that down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day what's better than this it's guys being dudes here on the locked on nfl scouting podcast we're the draft dudes i'm joe marino from locked on bills he's kyle Krabs from locked on dolphins and we are your nfl experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the locked on nfl scouting podcast with the draft dudes part of the locked on podcast network your team every day We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Joe, happy National NFL Eve to you. Here on this Wednesday, September 6, 2023. Happy National NFL Eve to you, too, Kyle Krabs. So, only fitting, we go back to our roots. The start of the league, the league year by not talking about the league. <laughs> Week one of college football came and went. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about kind of the outlook uh, for this year's draft class, which, of course, is why we were called draft dudes for a really long time. And um, excited to kind of get into that conversation here because I know there's a lot of continued listeners that have listened to us throughout the years uh, who are probably pumped to find out that we're doing a draft centric, especially a big picture draft centric show today. So what we're going to do is we're going to work through your initial 2024 NFL draft big board. You've done a lot of work here. You've studied mm-hmm. prospects. You've done a lot of quarterbacks. And so you've got a, a top 32 that you feel pretty good about right now. Obviously, it's a scouting process it's fluid it changes but this is as of today and i got a chance to look at this board for the first time last night and i've i've seen some of these players i'm not as versed as you are at this point so i'm gonna kind of lean on you quite a bit here to navigate this conversation but it looks like this class is good like this feels like a a good draft class just based on being loosely familiar Seeing the name stack, I feel like this is going to be one of those good classes. This feels like as good of a draft class as you have had since 2021. And that 2021 class was filled with crazy talent like what Micah Parsons was in that draft class, Jamar Chase was in that draft class. Jalen Waddell was in that draft class. Penny Sewell was in that draft class. Like there was a lot of really big time hits. Uh, maybe not the quarterbacks at the top of the board, aside of, of Trevor Lawrence at this stage, when you consider well, Justin Fields, we're hoping this is the leap year for him in year three. And Trey Lance has already been traded and Zach Wilson's already been replaced. <laughs> yeah. 
Mac Jones had to, to deal with the offensive coaching ineptitude of last year. It's kind of threw some cold water on what was a promising rookie season for him. So maybe not the quarterback class. I think this is a quarterback group that is as good as you have seen since 2020, but the entirety of the class I think is in line with the talent that you saw come in uh, in 2021, which had a lot of really successful early talent. So let's look at the top here. There's, there's, the top five, there's four players that I fully expected to be there. Marvin Harrison, Jr., wide receiver, Ohio State, number one yep. prospect. Caleb Williams, quarterback, USC, number two. I'm going to skip number three because that's where I want to focus. Number four, Olu Fashanu, Penn State offensive tackle. We've done entire episodes on those three players. You can find right. them in, in the archives. We've done, like, in May, we did them. Here comes a timeout from Kyle. I, no, I just want to quickly emphasize, if there was positional value invoked here, Caleb Williams would be the first overall player. But if I'm, I'm just grading the player in a vacuum and not accounting for value when you're projecting them into the draft. Uh, Marvin Harrison did have a, a better grade. I, I think he's really, really close to a complete prototype mm. at the position. So the player that I didn't mention in the top four is at number three, it's tight end Brock Bowers from Georgia. And my first question for you is going to be about Brock Bowers. It's not, you watch Georgia. We've all watched Georgia. They're going in the college football playoffs, winning national championships. Brock Bowers is a great football player. It's not hard to notice that when you watch Georgia, but now you're talking about a different lens. This is an NFL scouting lens. Your number three prospect. What makes him, from a tight end perspective or offensive weapon perspective, worthy of being so high? So I think when I when I came in to watching Brock Bowers, I was actually, I'll be honest, I'll tell on myself a little bit, I was a little bit more skeptical because he's a player that's, Six foot four, 230, 235, two, like somewhere in that ballpark. He's not like the uh, super big bodied. Like you think about tight ends that have success early in the league, and it's usually guys that can play with their hand in their dirt and be in line and handle the wide versatility of roles that tight ends have to play in a lot of offenses. And I knew it was a little bit of a tweener in that regard from a build perspective. And then you see all the plays that everybody falls in love with, with Brock Bowers. And I think a lot of them are the ones that go viral, the end arounds and stuff like that. The, the jet sweep touch passes. I don't care about that from an NFL evaluation perspective. Right. I just, I just don't. Uh, I, so you're, you're looking for the translatability of what he does. And I think you see some of these Shanahan style systems that, invoke tight splits tight ends detached from the, the formation but in a nasty split or uh in an h-back alignment and all of the pre-snap movement and he does that and he's really really physical he's much more physical as a blocker than if you just looked at his baseline measurables what you would expect he punches above his weight class in that regard um so that's what stood out to me was blocking in space, cracking on the edge, uh, inserting in the box on the second level defenders as a blocker. He checked and fulfilled those boxes. And obviously with the football in his hands, he's a special athlete. And then you add in the versatility component and how good his hands are and his contact balance. He, he's kind of, he's slippery like Dalton Kincaid. I think he's the plus 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 version of Dalton Kincaid. If that paints a picture that probably makes a lot of sense to you, because I know you've watched a lot of Dalton Kincaid. Heard about him, yeah. So that that's kind of where I ended up with Brock Bowers. But you see on the timeline, 
the clips that go viral for Brock Bowers and it's mm -hmm. 60 yard jet sweeps. And it's like, I don't care about that. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more substance when you really dig into them that justified that, that ranking. It feels like you just gained such an appreciation for the full breadth of his skill set, And yeah. there's a lot to the player and it's good. Cause like, I know that he doesn't check the size boxes, maybe like you would want, but if he's doing everything, in the SEC at Georgia, I don't have a lot of concerns about the translatability right. of that. Um, at number five, you have Leonard Taylor, the third Miami defensive tackle. This is your highest ranked defensive player in the class. There's only two defensive players in the top 10. So I'd love to hear about Leonard Taylor, the third Miami defensive tackle. Uh, so Leonard Taylor uh, was quiet in Miami's opener. I was hoping to see a little bit more of a splash from him. Um, but as I pull up, the write-up that I did for him that's over at Athlon. Uh, this was a five-star recruit who got offers from a who's who of college football, right? Really had his choice, but he was born and raised in the greater Miami area. He went to Miami Palmetto, six foot three, 305 pounds. He's built like Aaron Donald from an athletic build perspective, and he is super twitchy. Now, he has to put it all together. It has to be... Um, a season in which he lives up to the five-star potential. I was hoping we would get a, an early look of that against Miami of Ohio when he was in the game and they did seem to be rotating quite a bit. Uh, he got a lot of attention. Uh, so I, I understand and contextualize why uh, the production maybe didn't splash in the first game, but at the end of the day, if he's going to live up to this projection, the switch is going to have to flip for him. But I look at the physical tools that he has, the power that he has. Uh, I'll, I can text you some of the clips from the games of being able to get up into a gap and then flatten in a 90-degree angle to peel back and tackle the running back. Just, just very, very loose, dynamic, explosive, twitchy, flexible player that is capable of creating mass chaos. Uh, he's tied the team in tackles for loss in each of the last two years. So there is some level of production here. It's just not the dominance that is going to be required for me to do a final evaluation for Leonard Taylor and say, yes, he belongs in this stratosphere of top 10 prospects. Because I think if you're looking at established resumes, Jared Verse is much more established. He's a much safer pick. But I do think Leonard Taylor on the interior has more rare physical gifts and has higher potential. It's just got to come together. All right, folks, we got a bunch more to get to when it comes to this initial big board for the 2024 NFL draft. But first, I'm going to tell you about Harry's. I may have a beard, folks, but I still have to shave. You can't be having the neck beard. You can't be having cheek fuzz. That just looks sloppy. And my go-to for a great shave at a great price is a razor from Harry's delivered right to my front door. I've really enjoyed using Harry's razors. And you have to check out their starter set. You can head to harrys.com slash NFL. You can get a starter set for just $3, and that includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. And folks, Harry's, they don't just have razors. They also make skin care products that will give you the best shave ever. They have creams, washes, and lotions that will keep your skin healthy and hydrated. And, of course, the razors are super sharp. The eighth shave with a razor is just as sharp as the first there is simply no reason not to try Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction rating in the shaving industry, and they're offering a no-risk trial. So get the best shave ever this summer with Harry's razors and skincare products. Get a $13 starter set for just 3 bucks. 
at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I feel like I'm on trial here. Good. Good. This is like um, Battle of the Boards. Just but getting grilled just on one-sided. all the takes. Yeah, I get no, I got no counter punches here. Just sit, stand here, and take it. So all, all part of the plan. That's fine. Where all right. Next? I, I want to. So we got to tell. We only told people five players. So let me get through some players here, and of course, I have questions. Number six, J.C. Latham, Alabama offensive tackle. Number seven, Amarius Mims, Georgia offensive tackle. Oh. Spoiler: asking you about him next. Uh, number eight, Jared Verse, Florida State edge. Your second defensive player. Number nine, Emeka Agbuka. Ohio State wide receiver and number 10, Cameron Kitchens, a safety from Miami. Kyle, I know when you text me about a player out of nowhere, that means there's something there. You gave me the, hey, Joe, when you get time, you need to watch Amarius Mims, Georgia offensive tackle. I mean, I know they had Warren McClendon and Broderick Jones last year, but this guy, I mean, he started like both, he's a real deal. He started both the college football playoff games. So that like that's it for starts. So it's like Broderick Jones had a couple of starts the year before, does yes. the whole year, winds up being a high pick. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He, he's, I think he's put like 400 career snaps or something like that. Okay. So uh, he's a junior, uh, six foot seven, 330 pounds. That'll play, okay. right? Yeah. You want to talk about length. You want to talk about power. Um, he absolutely manhandled a trio of top 100 draft selections against Ohio State. You think about Ohio State on their defensive line, and they had Zach Harrison. Uh, they have Jack Sawyer this year, who's projected to be a, a top 100 p- p- uh, pick. They have JT Tumalalu from uh, as the, the kind of the perceived star of the bunch who had the big breakout game last year against Penn State and really flashed in the second half of the season. And he ate their lunch all day long. I mean... Movement in the run game, setting in pass sets in space. Uh, I I think there's some polish that needs to be had that you would expect for a player who's played two starts. But this is like elite, elite, elite level physical skills. That was just really surprising to see. Hey, first career start, go block three top 100 picks in the NFL draft. He's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to pitch a clean sheet. (laughs) It's crazy. Sounds like my kind of guy. Coordination, body control, he has that stuff too? Yeah, so for weaknesses that I have down for him, uh, you're acknowledging that it's still largely a projection, needs a, a larger body of work. Some of his drive block opportunities, he ext- overextended himself. I uh, think he was a little too eager to create push and got his his weight out over top of his toes and lost some of his balance. Um, and hand strike timing and placement was something that uh, I think you can really get a lot more precise at. But with his athleticism and his length, even when he wasn't super clean with landing his hands, he still forced you to run such a steep arc that he ran you out of the play anyway. 
Sounds like a stud. Future stud in the making there. And you have him right there with JC Latham, who I think a lot of people are thinking. And, and not far less than a point behind Olufushan. So we got so some tackles. Three, three of the top seven are tackles. And then you didn't even get into some of the other gifted players like Joe Alt and Kingsley Suamaitala or Mayata. Uh, at BYU, who was like a four-star recruit at Oregon and transferred after a season. Um, there's a lot of really appealing offensive tackles in this year's class. Seems like the trench players. George, uh, George Morgan, Graham Barton, if you think he's a tackle. like The list goes on and on. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. NFL yeah. needs it. NFL needs it. Okay, we've we kind of talked about the top ten. Let me give you the next five players here. 11 is Kalen King, Penn State corner. That's your number one corner right now. Yep. Number 12, Jerzon Newton, Illinois defensive tackle. Number 13, Tyler Newbin, Minnesota safety. I know you like that guy. Mm. 14, Kool-Aid McKinstry, corner from Alabama. 15, your first running back, Blake Corum, Michigan. Let's talk about a player I know you're passionate about. That's Tyler Newbin out of Minnesota. What do we need to know about the gopher? Uh, Buddy had two picks in the season opener. Okay, so he did the thing you wanted him to do. You're high on the player, goes out there and does that, and and you're just like, okay, I'm on 100 with this guy. Yeah, it's it's time to turn it from a 90 to 100. Uh, <laughs> so Newbin pulling up his player eval, uh, six foot two, 210 pounds, redshirt senior, very easily could have came out last year, uh, in my mind. He was a two way player in high school who played DB, wide receiver, and quarterback. So. Really, really diverse athlete. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's the most dynamic in space or back-end range player. I think split field coverages will be much more friendly to him than being a high post player with consistency. Um, and at six foot two, I think he is a little high hip, so there's some kind of rigidness in some of his transitions. But everything that's happening here in front of his face he processes it so well. He's so instinctive. He is a monster tackler. He's got a huge tackle radius. He's got a huge ball skills radius. Um, he had four interceptions last year. He's got 10 career interceptions now after the two in the season opener, including a game sealer in the final mm. two minutes of the football game against Nebraska. So uh, just super, super instinctual, big safety uh, with an enforcer style of play. Uh, I, I think Cameron Kinchins gets the nod over him for being more dynamic and more of a true center field type player. But if Newbin's really going to turn it up from a ball production standpoint this mm-hmm. year, uh, he's going to have a hard time not having him as the top safety. Yeah, I feel like a player like that's just so useful with, I mean, we, we do, we went through all the NFL rosters over the last week, you and I, and there's teams yeah. that are rostering six and seven safeties. I mean, th- this is a thing they're leaning into some versatility with that back end. And and I think this guy sounds like a player that would really help with the trajectory of where these defenses are heading. Let's do this. Let me give everyone the rest of the top 32. And then in the next segment, I want to talk quarterbacks and I really want to talk running backs because you've got some guys here that are stacked up. So at number 16, Jeremiah Trotter, Clemson linebacker, 17, Braylon Allen, Wisconsin running back. Number 18, JT Tuomolau, Ohio state edge. Number 19, Dallas Turner, Alabama edge. Number 20, another running back, Travion Henderson, Ohio State running back. Number 21, Cooper DeGene, Iowa, defensive back. 22, a quarterback here, Bo Nix, Oregon. That's your QB, too, if I'm tracking this correctly. Uh, yes, that is, that is correct. Uh, Tra- 
Number 23, Braylon Trice, Washington Edge. 24, Xavier Worthy, Texas wide receiver. 25, Keon Coleman, Florida State wide receiver. That guy balled out the other day. 26, Drake May, quarterback, North Carolina. 27, Raheem Sanders, Arkansas running back. That guy's big. Uh, 28, here it is, Shadir Sanders, Colorado quarterback. 28, 29, Malik Neighbors, LSU receiver. 30, Graham Barton, the Duke offensive lineman. 31, Chris Jenkins. Defensive tackle from Michigan and 32, Andrew Makuba, Clemson safety. Again, questions coming up here on quarterbacks and running backs. But first, I need to tell you about game time. If you are looking to buy tickets for an event, it shouldn't be stressful, but sometimes it is. Game time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets. They have a best price guarantee. And so, with all of the fun that you're going to, uh, to have you don't have to stress about it you just go to the game time app and get the tickets the app is awesome they have flash deals they have images of the seat views i love that so you know exactly what to expect when you get to the venue the prices are great the app is easy to use and they also send the tickets directly to your phone you don't have to dig through emails right to your phone super easy to use app so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nfl for twenty dollars off your first purchase Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Can I do the thing real quick? Of course. And it, it'll be quick, but um, I wanted to acknowledge some players that weren't in the top 32 that I think have a pretty clear pathway to get there. Okay. Um, Leatu Latu, edge rusher from UCLA. I know medicals are like a big question there, mm-hmm. uh, but off of talent, I think he's probably in this conversation. Uh, Barrett Carter, the other Clemson linebacker. Uh, I think he's... I don't think he's as instinctual. I think he's a little bit more like some of the other kind of hash linebacker slash what Trenton Simpson was type type linebackers that we've seen in recent years. So uh, putting him in the top 32, he's a fringe player for me. Uh, Joe Alt, uh, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. I'm really eager to see him get tested by some of the better games that they have on the schedule this year because I think he has all the potential in the world to be a top 20 pick. I just thought last year uh, there were some in-space elements of his game that I wanted to see improve coming into this year before I put him in that stratosphere. And I won't mention the quarterbacks because I know you wanted to grill me there. So I think that's probably all the ones that I would kind of throw out there is like they're they're right on the bubble and they're very much in consideration as we continue to see more and more of them. Let's do quarterbacks last. I feel like every quarterback, every draft conversation has to start with quarterbacks. It doesn't have to. There's no law that says it does. So we're going to do that last. Great. I want to get into running backs. You've got four running backs in your top 30. Blake Corum, Braylon Allen, Travion Henderson, Raheem Sanders. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, I've seen enough of these guys. I know they're good players. But are these like dudes? Like that? that's a healthy amount of running backs to be ranked so highly. 
I mean, did is it what what is uh, it? what leads to this? I think that the next in line would be Will Shipley. Uh just to paint the picture. But to answer your your question about how much these guys are dudes, what I'm worried about with Travion Henderson, who I think is probably uh the most instinctive, maybe of these guys. I think Quorum's got really good vision too. Um is you're worried about this potentially becoming a Derek Stingley type situation where Henderson first came in at Ohio state as a true freshman and was an absolute monster. And there's no question what the physical gifts are, but he had 12 carries for like 37 yards against Indiana. He had a, was dealing with a foot injury all year last year that apparently was like really frustrating situation with how the coaches handled it and how Ohio state handled it and how he, you know, what, what position he was into play and what he did when he was on the field so I'm I'm looking at Travion Henderson, and I think from a physical skills perspective, he's probably the most, the best blend of everything. But you're worried about the separation between the good tape and when you see the good tape potential again. Mm-hmm. And this is not a corner like mm-hmm. Derek Stingley was, who's going to get the benefit of the doubt and still go super high, mm-hmm. right? So I, I'm mindful of that with Travion Henderson. I think that could be a catalyst for a fall. Um Corum, incredible vision, really good contact balance, not a big player. So I think teams are going to look at Blake Corum and his stature, and I would not be surprised if he's a top 50 pick predictively versus being where he's at on my board just based off the talent that he is exuding and illustrating running behind what the the two-time best offensive line, two-time reigning best offensive line in college football, right? So you acknowledge that element exists with Blake Corum. Uh, I think Braylon Allen, the, the the last two guys, Raheem Sanders and Braylon Allen, they're both like six foot two, two hundred thirty five, two hundred forty pounds, and they're both really explosive. Neither one of them is uh, the the dump truck turning radius. They mm-hmm. both have some cut ability to them. So I think what makes them really good is they're they're both explosive, good vision players at that stature that have enough wiggle and bounce to be able to redirect quickly. If there's early color that penetrates in their face. Now, if there's more than one of them, that might hurt both of them when it comes time to predicting where they're going to go. To me, it's a nice change up, man. If you're going to play NFL offense and run out of spread and dictate personnel groupings where they're going to be light playing nickel and dime packages. And Oh, by the way, we got a 240 pound running back that can move. That's going to be a nice uh, nice little wrinkle to throw at some of those sub packages. Let's do talk quarterbacks. Uh, Caleb Williams, we did an entire show on him. He's awesome. Super good. Should be the first pick in the draft. I think where people are probably surprised when they have heard this big board is that you have Bo Nix as QB2 over Drake yeah. May and that Drake May is at 26. Now, we did an entire conversation on Drake May. So what is it about Bo Nix that puts him there? And then I'll just kind of get out of the way and like talk about this quarterback class because it feels really exciting. Yeah, so I I see the pathway for Drake May becoming what we hoped. And I thought there were some really nice moments. We we talked when we did the show on Drake May about the concerns of that offensive system. Like they made an offensive coordinator change yeah. for him to effectively stay, stay at North Carolina. That's right. You saw, you saw some good moments. You saw he had a touchdown pass uh, against zero pressure where they were hot. They They brought six and could block five. And he had to fade to his left. 
uh, to buy himself time to push the ball down the field. So it was good pre-snap awareness and understanding of the protection. He had another one where he wanted to throw a quick game, and he bumped the back to the other side to move the nickel out of the throwing window that he wanted to throw into and had the back instead of just stepping on edge protection he stepped across his face to, to block the same player, but moving him pre-snap moved the, the nickel to the other side of the formation because it changed the passing strength. Those are really good things. My guy threw two picks in the final 20 minutes with his team up two touchdowns, and there were two turndowns in plus territory on first and 10 that I thought were gimme touchdowns that he missed. So I'm just looking for the growth to manifest. There's no question he's big. He's got a good arm. He can move. He's clearly intelligent and smart. I love the early returns of some of the pre-snap awareness stuff that we saw that's much more NFL level. And if he continues that all year and we we clean up some of the other stuff, he won't be 26th. He'll be higher. He'll be in the top 15, right? And, and I think if you go predictively, you would say predictively that's going to be a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Right. I just there there's more boxes I want to see him check. And I thought there were some nice early returns, but there were also more than a handful of plays that I watched that said mm, that felt like a missed opportunity or mm, that that was not good. Uh, the the first interception that he threw was really bad because he turned down the shallow and he got stuck on the shallow for three seconds. And then he flushes outside the pocket and gets back to the dig late. And the dig on the backside was wide open when it broke inside where if he'd have come off the cross into the dig, he could have thrown it before he felt the pressure that forced him off his spot. The second one was a slot fade that his defender never really had leverage on, on second and eight or something like that, uh, into what ended up being tight coverage that was capped and the ball got tipped up in the air and it was intercepted in plus territory or in, in near midfield. So just a couple bummer decisions there. So that's Drake May, and I know that's, Kind of controversial tape because people feel Drake May and a lot of people that we respect really feel Drake May is like right there in that conversation with Caleb Williams. I don't think he is, but that's just my opinion. I still think he's a first round pick. Bo Nix, go find a time machine and go tell 2019 Kyle Krabs that Bo Nix was going to be his QB2 on his board at 22 after the first week of the 2023 college football season. I laughed in your face. But there's no question the growth that you saw at Oregon. And I think it's much more likely that there was just this depressing level of ineptitude at Auburn offensively. And Bo Nix, he's also athletic. He's also got a big time arm. Uh, There's probably as many schemed throws and quick perimeter screens at Oregon as there are, were at North Carolina last year. So I think, that's where I think Drake may has the opportunity to create separation is I, I do think the Oregon offense is going to be a little bit more schemed throws this year, but you see Bo Nix from the toughness from the intangibles with the uh, arm strength that he has. I think he's shown some nice growth in the quick game. There's some anticipation throws on his film that I, I think are starting to really bud as he, as he has become more and more comfortable in the system. Man, it, it's, it is just, it is as wild of a turnaround, and I'm not comparing him to this player, but it is as wild of a turnaround as we have seen since Joe Burrow became Joe Schmo at LSU and got popped in the mouth against UCF and the switch flipped. Like, that is the last quarterback that I can remember that we were all like, 
yeah, fifth round, mm-hmm. kind of fun and toolsy. Mm-hmm. To holy cow, this guy is a dog. And I think Bo plays the game also in that manner. And the ways in which he wins is not a one for one with Joe. Um, but I do think that that's the the kind of glow up we are in the process of seeing. He had 43 touchdowns last year. And I know he played bad against Georgia in the season opener. Take that with a grain of salt if you want to. In the conversation of trucks versus trailers, I think Bo Nix can be a truck. Mm. So you want to just throw some names at me and I'll tell you rapid fire. Yeah. Uh, quarterbacks or anything. You Let's do quarterbacks first to just finish. Cause I know there's right. a bunch of names here that are interesting players. Well, I, I got to say Shitter Sanders, Colorado. I mean, yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's not quite as dynamic as I thought he was going to be because when you, watch his style of play and outside of structure. I think I expected him to be a little bit more quick twitch, but he is really, really good at extending plays. Uh, But he's also showcasing really good grasp of the schemes that like just going off that Colorado tape, you know, there was one game at Jackson state that I had a chance to like actually watch all 22 on. So I waited on doing him well. And then they, Colorado played TCU and we got the all 22 from that one. And I watched that. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like this, this is, they are really well coached. They have a really good scheme. They have really good design and he understands it and you can watch it and you can understand that he understands it. Uh, His placement leading runaway throws against man coverage is really, really good. He trusts his receivers to get the spots. Uh, there's good touch. I think he's got better ball manipulation than a number of guys in this class that uh, I think are more household names because they played at bigger programs before should are transferred from Jackson state. So I I think from a touch perspective, uh, there's a, there's enough pitches here where I can attack any coverage against leverage by how I can manipulate the balls. I throw, I think that's the big thing that stood out to me with Shadur is like, he's a really, really gifted passer. Quinn Ewers, quarterback, Texas. Hate that he's down to 195 this year. Um, if you took his best 20 throws from last year, it's probably in line with anybody's. Like his best 20 throws is in line with anybody. I think there's some decision making, some uh, ball security that I think it got worse as the season went on last year. I thought when he first came in, the Oklahoma game, the Alabama game before he got hurt, um, you saw a confident player. I didn't think he played overly confident down the stretch. We'll see if 195, which is the weight that he's cut to, helps him sustain more confident play throughout the course of the season. But it felt like he felt as though he was had to get the ball out of his hands, and I thought it made some bad decisions. I thought it led to some negative plays that were avoidable. So I think there's, he's right now, I think for me on that fringe day two, day three, but with a big time arm and some big time upside, but we've seen guys that get drafted in that range with big time arms and big time upside who uh, they, they don't necessarily hit. So I, I have some concerns and questions, but Quinn, but I think his, his best throws are in line with anybody's. Get one more in here. Riley Leonard, quarterback Duke. Athletic. I think that's the first thing that pops. I think he, um, 
showcased that on the touchdown run against Clemson on Monday night. Uh, really fun play. Um, I am hoping to get a better feel for Riley's passing prowess over the next couple of weeks. He's one of the ones that I've done seen enough in passing on other guys, but I haven't like sat down and committed an afternoon to Riley Leonard yet. If you ask me the guys that I am fading, it's Joe Milton, JJ McCarthy, Michael Penix. I'm fading those guys. Any guys that you're, what's the opposite of fading that you're I'm buying, buying in? Cam Ward? A, a side of Shador, it's, it's Cam Ward. So like guys that I'm really in on are Caleb Williams, Bo Nix. I can see it with Drake May. I'd put that as one that like I would actively want to draft him. Um, Cam Ward and Shader Sanders, I think are the ones that I would buy. I'm also fading Jordan Travis. So it'd be like McCarthy, Penix, Milton, and Travis. I'm fading and I'm buying on those other guys. Heck of a year for quarterbacks. It's, it's loaded. It is loaded. loaded. A lot of good options. Speaking of loaded, tomorrow's episode of Locked On NFL Scouting, we're going to debut a little bit of a, a Thursday tradition where mm. we're going to we're going to pick some games, and then we're going to find out where we disagree, and we're going to debate those disagreements. And so come on back for that. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.